Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Okay, one more time, just look at somebody and say, good morning, you look better after worship. Come on, like eyebrows on fleek. Like, you know, just let's get excited to be in God's house today. Um, we are in the middle of a conversation on the Holy Spirit, not so scary series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, my name is Matt. If you don't know me, my lovely wife, Alyssa, is back there holding one of our, our just come up, can you come up to the edge, babe? I just want to put you on blast for a moment. Look how cute she is. And uh, look at that little girl right there. That's, that's my daughter, Juliana. Um, absolutely adorable. She's got eyes that'll just steal your soul, man. They cute. And uh, I, don't, I don't even really know. They're not like hazel. They're almost like this metal thing. After service, go stare into her eyes. Okay, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, she's just so, so fun, so cute. But we're in the middle of a conversation on the Holy Spirit. Uh, not so scary series on the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit, that we don't just have a relationship with a force or an energy or goosebumps, but, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a third person of the Godhead. And so we, we talked about uh, the Trinity and that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we've been saved for 20 years, and this is like, you know, uh, Algebra 101 or whatever, right? Like we, we get it. We've heard it many, many times. Others of us, uh, you're new to the faith. Some of us are six months into the faith or a year or so into the faith. And so this is kind of new. And so what we've done in this series, we've, we've slowed the pace down a little bit. And I've, I've taught. I decided to teach a little bit. Uh, I know I'm more fun when I preach and I inspire and I make you laugh. Uh, but thank you for hanging in there in the teaching because some of us that are new to the faith, they, they get a little lost when I go a little fast. And so sometimes as a pastor, you know, I, I'm trying to come over here, but I'm also trying to come over here. Amen. And you, you want to make sure that you got everybody on the same page. And, and sometimes as a church overall in this country, we're good at inspiring, but sometimes we're not as good at teaching doctrine. And we don't want to lose that either. Amen? And so just know you're in for a slower pace. I'm not as funny today, uh, but, but I'll be funny next week, okay? So come back if, if you don't like today. But I want to slow down and teach a little bit on some of these very important uh, just doctrines of the Holy Spirit and roles of the Holy Spirit uh, because we don't, we don't want to for, forget about that. We, we want to learn and we want to grow in God. Amen? Uh, and so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to slow down. Uh, this is a great day to get your phone out and take notes. I'm just going to believe that you're not texting and you're taking notes, okay? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, uh, but take your phone out, get your Bible out. We're going to go through some scriptures. We're going to take notes, and I promise you're going to learn something. Even if you follow Jesus for a long time, you're going to learn something new today about the Holy Spirit, and that's, that's what our, our goal is and our purpose is to help, help you grow. Let's pray real quick before we jump into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, thank you for being good. God, I pray that as we go over these scriptures, uh, that you bring them to life, Lord, that you, you change our hearts, you change our minds. Uh, Lord, we really are nothing without you. So God, we give you the next 20, 25 minutes here today. God, stretch us, grow us, and challenge us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, amen. So as I talked about last week, I want to revisit quickly the idea and the concept of the Trinity. And you can really sum up, there's a lot to it, but you can sum up the Trinity in these three statements, okay, that God is three divine persons, each person is fully God, yet there is one God. So we would say in, in Christianity that God exists in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, yet he is one God. That is a little mind-blowing, okay, if, if your mind is a little blown, it's okay, you know, join, join the rest of us. It is hard to explain the Trinity. There's actually theologians say that we have two great mysteries of our faith, the virgin birth and the Trinity. 
And the reason I think the Trinity is so hard to grasp is because we have nothing to compare it to. And I, I used this analogy last week. Imagine trying to explain chocolate, what chocolate tastes like to somebody that has never tasted chocolate. It's sweet, but it's a little bitter, right? Like, like it's, it's solid in ice cream, but, but it's, it's, it's gooey in syrup. You, I mean, it's just like, you're like, what, what is this thing, chocolate, right? Like, I, I'm intrigued. Or imagine trying to explain what a palm tree looks like to an Eskimo, right, before Google. You know, it's just, it would, it would be something very much out of the realm of their experience. There is no one like our God. He's completely unique. There, there is nothing like him in all of heaven and earth. And so there's nothing I can compare the Trinity to because he stands alone as unique. And so I think it is a jump. It is a jump. So if you're a little bit like, it is a little deep, it's a jump, and that's okay. Uh, let's go out for, for coffee, and I'll give you an hour of my time to help you understand this better. That's what I said last week. I, I want to make sure that everybody gets this if you truly are like, I'm lost. We would say that God is co-equal and co-eternal. It's, it's not the Father. He's, he's not the mob boss up in heaven, okay? And it's not, it's not the Son, and it's not the Holy Spirit coming in third place. That's not how it goes. He's co-equal and co-eternal. They are all God. And yet, their roles play out differently. And today, that's what we want to talk about some of the roles of the Holy Spirit. And so they don't compete, they complement each other. And, and they're always looking out for each other and serving and loving each other. God in himself is in complete and full relationship. God does not need us to have relationship. It's a humbling thought. There is nothing you and I could ever give God. He's the one giving everything to us, right? In a crude analogy, I'm the one giving everything to my eight-month-old twins, Right? You know, now, I love them, and yes, I love being in relationship, and I think the Father loves being in relationship with you this morning, right? And we don't want to forget that, but there's nothing that, that you can do for him, right? It's, it's all us benefiting from him. All right, so the roles of the Holy Spirit is what I want to take some time and look at, and if you're taking notes, uh, take some of these notes. And the first thing I want to look at is creation, because I do think it's easy to sometimes think as a believer, oh, the Holy Spirit, he shows up and acts. Right. So we, we, we kind of think that, oh, there's the father. He's been around for a long time. You know, there's the son and then the Holy Spirit. He's like this afterthought that shows up in the book of Acts. And, you know, what does he do again? And what, what is it? It's an energy. And and so it, let's let's remind ourselves. Actually, the Holy Spirit is present from the very, very beginning of Genesis. He actually plays a role in creation uh, itself. And so we read in Genesis one, two, the spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters right there in, in verse number two. The Holy Spirit is mentioned. And that, that word in the Hebrew literally means to flutter or shake. Science will tell us that life began in the water. Isn't it interesting that here over the waters we have the Holy Spirit fluttering? I think, I think it's just kind of intriguing that there he is fluttering and, and shaking. There's, there's something about his activeness or his sustaining of, of life. We, we read uh, that, that not just that he was there in Genesis 1-2, but Job 26-13 says, uh, the Spirit made the heavens beautiful. Job 33, 4, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And there's this sustaining essence to the Holy Spirit. Psalms 104, 29, when you take their breath away, they die, and they return to dust. The Holy Spirit was active in creation. The Holy Spirit is feeding us our breath, and if the Spirit were to be removed, we would return to dust. So he's active in creating life, and he's sustaining life for all of us. He was an intricate part of everyone's creation. It's a beautiful thought that the Holy Spirit had a handcrafted part in making you. Just look at your neighbor. That is a God-made creation. If you could look at a stamp, it wouldn't say made in China. It would say made by Holy Spirit, okay? There's, there's an essence that the Holy Spirit had a part 
in, in creating us, and now he's sustaining, he's sustaining life. Uh, the Holy Spirit is present in the ministry of Jesus. And I want to talk about this. So he's, he's active in creation, and you actually see him through the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says uh, that he helped par- and create the, the Bible. And so if you look at 1 Peter, it says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is God-breathed. So you see the Holy Spirit in creation. You see him writing the Bible all through the ages. And then, and then he's very active in the life and ministry of Jesus. First thing we see is that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the moment Christ is conceived, the Holy Spirit's there. Luke one thirty five. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And, and the Holy One will be born be called the Son of God. Right here at the conception of Christ. This was not the creation of Jesus. We don't want, but it is the conception of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit right there. Jesus, in his entire life, did all of his ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says in Luke 4, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Jesus, in fact, didn't do any miracles until the Holy Spirit had come upon him. Isn't that interesting that God had Jesus prepare for 30 years for a three-year ministry? Right? He was the son of a carpenter. Joseph, his natural dad, was a carpenter. So he was probably trained in carpentry. And, you know, he was taking out the trash and sweeping the floor and making dinner and all the mundane tasks that we probably can't stand. He's the oldest. They had more kids, right? So he had to put up with younger siblings. Any, any older siblings in the house today? You know what that's like? So he's dealing with younger siblings. He's just living life. Right? I don't know if they had baseball back then or whatever the games they had. But, you know, it's like he's, he's having a childhood experience. He's having a teenage experience. He's the, he's the oldest sibling. And so he's living a very mundane, normal life for 30 years. God prepares him for a three-year ministry. But before that ministry starts, before any miracle starts, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. In fact, the Bible actually says that he laid aside right, the, the godness, that deity, and he, he ministered by the power of the Spirit. He submitted to the Holy Spirit in that role. So again, different roles, same, same co-equal, co-eternal, but in the roles and the lanes, he was yielded to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power, Acts 10. Uh, Luke 5, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. He did that by the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus said, if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God comes on you. So how did Jesus do the works? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. That's how he was ministering. Then the Holy Spirit was with him throughout the beginning, right? His whole ministry. And then even, even at the end, and, and, I, and I love this. We forget this. Romans 8, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. How did Jesus come back to life? The power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I mean, that, that ought to make the hairs on your neck stand up a little bit. Like, like in the grave for three days. And the Holy Spirit comes and boom, Jesus comes back from the dead. The Bible actually says it's that same spirit that lives in us. I think we forget sometimes this is not a cute dove. It is the power of God. It is the Holy Spirit living inside of us, giving life, the Bible says to us. Wow. Same Holy Spirit that gave life to Jesus is the one that is giving, giving life to us. Um, all right, so let's talk. Now let me shift gears to the next 10, 15 minutes. Have, have I lost you yet? Just shake up for a moment. Get your notes out. I don't want to lose you. This is good to talk about because if we don't, we, we lose and we forget these things. How the Holy Spirit works in our lives. This, I want to spend a few minutes now on how the Holy Spirit now works in our lives. He's, and the reason I wanted to say about creation is we, he's, he's not an afterthought. He's there at the beginning. He's writing the Bible. He, he's, he's there with, with Jesus all the way through. And now he, he wants to work in your life. He wants 
to be a part of your life? And how, how does he do that? What are the primary ways the Holy Spirit does that? Um, and then next week, I'm going to give a teaser to next week right now. Next week, I'm going to talk about the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do you know you're hearing the Holy Spirit versus hearing your own emotions? You ever done something that you thought was God, but really it was the ice cream and the Doritos and the pepperoni the night before, right? Like, okay, so, so how do I know if it's my emotions or, or Holy Spirit speaking to me? Um, let's talk about the voice of God. That is next week. So if you can come back for any week, come back next week because that is going to be really good. I think Christians can sometimes get themselves in trouble when they think it's God, but it's really not. And so how do we grow a little bit better at discerning the voice of God and my own emotions and pepperoni and things like that, right? And there have been times in my life I've gotten it right. There's been times I've gotten it wrong, you know, and thank God that he is gracious and will let you get back on, on track sometimes. But every time I've gotten it wrong, it hurt. And when I got it right, man, it, it was good. So we want to talk about that next week. So uh, number one, but let's go back to this, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. The very the beginning, okay, so those of you that are believers in here today, you're a believer because of the Holy Spirit. The very first thing the Holy Spirit does is he will convict you of sin and convince you of the righteousness of Christ. This, this is John 16, right? And, and, and he says, when he comes, he'll prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, right? The Holy Spirit is the one that can finally convicts you of sin. I was 17 years old when I gave my heart to Christ. When I was 16, sin was fun. And I got saved, and I tried to sin, and it didn't feel as good. Do you remember the first time you sinned after you got saved? And you're like, why wasn't that as much fun as it was before? Something changed on the inside of you. You're convicted. You feel bad. You know, and we miss it here as a church when we try to get people to follow the morality of Christianity without the Holy Spirit. Come on, church, we're no one's Holy Spirit. You can't be the Holy Spirit for somebody else. For your spouse, somebody you love, somebody you're trying to bring to faith in Christ, you got to pray for them. But the Holy Spirit is the only one that convicts someone of sin. And it's, and it's when you're convicted of sin, you're like, whoa, what I'm doing is wrong? Like this, this is not, you know, and all of a sudden you feel bad about it because you're born again. God's moved in. You know, your Bible says you have a heart of flesh. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts you. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brought you to the place where you knew, I cannot do this on my own. I can't take myself to heaven. I need Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit. When, when you're convicted of sin and you're convinced, I need Jesus, we know that is the Holy Spirit working, right? When you're like, oh, I got life. I can do all this. I'm good enough to be in, in heaven. The, the thing that probably frustrates me the most as a pastor is when I hear people like, oh, yeah, good people go to heaven. I'm good enough. You do good things. I'm like, no. The Bible says we all disqualified, and there is only one solution. His name is Jesus. But when someone comes to that realization, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm convicted of my sin, and I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And so that's the Holy Spirit working. He's there at the very beginning of our salvation. We're at the very beginning of our salvation. Here's some good news for you. A lot of, a lot of bad news out there. Here's some good news. It is estimated, okay, so I did some research, found some studies, and these are awesome Christian ministries that have done global research for years, okay? Every day, about 68,000 people globally are receiving Jesus. Every single day, globally, 68,000 people are receiving Jesus. Can we just pause and acknowledge the Holy Spirit is at work? He's hustling out there. He's talking to people. He's convicting people every day. 
In fact, there's about two, little over two billion Christians right now on the earth globally. By 2050, we'll be the first faith ever to cross three billion at the current growth stats. Isn't that exciting? Now, we're, we found ourselves here in North America. Most Christians are now in the Southern Hemisphere, which is fine. It just flipped hemispheres. That's cool. Whatever. You know, but, but what hap- what's happening globally, it's growing. God is moving. What, what, what we forget Monday to Friday, we forget God is moving globally. Isn't it amazing how quickly we centralize God? Oh, the Holy Spirit's moving in my life a little bit over here. We forget, man, he's hustling all around the globe all the time. Um, at, at, the cha- at the turn of the century, the early 1900s, 48% of the world was classified as unreached today. It's fallen to about 25%. There's still 10% that have never even heard the name of Jesus. So much work to yet do. 25% still not reached, but we're closing the, the gap. At the time of Paul, it was one believer to every 300 unbelievers. Today, it's about one in seven. How does that translate for us? If, if you got seven people in your lifetime and you help bring them to Christ and disciple them, and, and that would be like our personal quota, we could have this whole thing wrapped up in one generation. Interesting thought, isn't it? That for the first time in human history, we could wrap this up in a generation if we would all just go grab seven people, tell them about Jesus, lead them, lead them through the prayer, and disciple them. Wow, what a, what a thought. So let me, let me break it down even more. In two weeks, we're doing a special Not-So-Scary Sunday on Halloween. Who could you bring to that? We got two weeks. Who could you bring to that? We're going to have a simple faith message. It'll be about dealing with fear, and it is going to be super fun. And we got candy for kids and everybody. And so who can we bring to that? So let's, let's go, church. Let's go. There are people that need, need this thing. All right, let me go on. So he's working around the clock, and he's there at the very beginning. Uh, number two, the Holy Spirit is teaching and guiding. Jesus said, the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Okay, and then secondly, John 16, he is guiding Grace forgives my sin, but truth sets me free. You cannot experience freedom without truth. Come on, because truth helps you not go back to the same dumb thing that you kept doing for the last five years. Can I get an amen? Okay, like, like grace forgives me, but for me to be free, I have to experience truth. And the Holy Spirit is leading me into God's truth, and that truth sets my life free. Isn't that interesting? We're not talking legalism. Because legalism dries and dies up, but the Bible says the Spirit gives life. So when I'm interacting with God's truth, I'm interacting with the Holy Spirit, I'm interacting with a phenomenal amount of freedom. I, I meet with a group of local pastors, and we have kind of a common saying that we say to help each other, that reality is our friend. Reality is your friend. Come on, truth is your friend. Reality is your friend, and there's no one more real than the Holy Spirit. And he's leading you, teaching you, and guiding you. In fact, when you open your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, teach me. Your word. You're the one that inspired them to write it. Teach me your word. What a lot of Christians do is they read the word, see something they don't like, and go find a few commentaries that agree with them and try to change the word. Don't don't read the word and change it. Read the word and let the word change you. Every time you open the word and you read it, let the word read you. Lord, what's wrong with me? Help me grow. Help me change. Let me adjust to you. Don't me, don't, I'm not going to adjust the Jesus I want. I'm going to adjust until I become the kid that you want. Woo. All right, I'm going to stop meddling on that. Nobody liked that. Okay. Uh, I love this next one. The Holy Spirit helps me in my weakness. See, legalism will always stone the sinners. But the Holy Spirit doesn't shoot the wounded. The Holy Spirit helps me in my weaknesses. Sometimes my weakness is ignorance. Right? So the Holy Spirit helps me with my weaknesses. I don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit, but it helped me with my weakness. Sometimes weakness is a sin. Sometimes it's a fear. 
Sometimes it's something that happened to me and I'm in, I'm in bondage to shame or guilt. The Holy Spirit helps my weakness. This is a beautiful thing, guys. The Holy Spirit knows everything about you, everything, everything you thought, said, the things you don't want other people to know, and he still loves you. Isn't shame such a terrible thing? See, we get full of shame because like, well, I mean, if they knew what's back there, they wouldn't like me. But the Holy Spirit knows that, and he still loves you. That's deep, and he'll help me in my weakness. We don't have a facade faith. Come on, we have a real faith. And the Holy Spirit is going to the real places, helping us through our actual weaknesses. He loves us. He'll help me with my weakness. Next one, he's transforming us. Just a few more, and we'll be done today. The time is always flying, I feel like. Um, The Holy Spirit's helping me act like Jesus. We don't have the power to take ourselves to heaven. We don't have the power to live like heaven. I cannot do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I won't want to. Okay, how do I want to live like Jesus? The Holy Spirit helps me. Then how do I actually live like Jesus? The Holy Spirit helps me. I don't have the power to take myself to heaven. I don't have the power to get myself better. It's a fancy word called sanctification. It simply means I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's the Holy Spirit helping me to do that. He is transforming me. It's a work of grace. He's producing the fruit. He's producing love, right? He's producing joy. Uh, He won't force it. You're not a robot that he, he manipulates. As we yield, he'll do his thing, and he's good at his job, but are you willing to yield to it and let him do more and more and more? Amen. There have been times in my life I was really willing and yielded. There have been times in my life that God asked me to do something I didn't want to do, and it took a while. Come on, let's be honest, right? Like when I first got saved at 17, I go, you mean I got to stop, like, sleeping around and doing stuff? Like I'm supposed to wait for marriage for this stuff? Did, did that shock anybody else? Just me? Okay, just me. All right, no, I'm the only honest one, okay? Like, and, then, and, then the, and then you read about tithing, you're like, I'm going to keep all my money. This is ridiculous. You know, there were things in my life it took me time to get. And I'm just willing to be honest enough with you. It, there, there were some things it took time for me to follow God more and more and more. And, and I'm not perfect, but after 20 years of following Jesus, I'm a lot better than I was. I'm a lot better than I was. Amen. And every time I get around God in his presence, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, it's just like there's something inside of us. We're just like we start loving him more and losing ourselves a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Last one, and we'll be done today. Are you guys still with me? I know I'm teaching, but okay, good. You're, I just I don't want to look at like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get the coffee out, Jen, and just spray everybody with coffee. I want to make sure that we're, we're getting this. And I, and I know I'm teaching, but I, I want it to sink in your hearts. I want it to be good. Uh, Last thing, the Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of, of the earth. We're empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses. In fact, anywhere you see the Holy Spirit moving, you see more people coming to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always interested in glorifying Jesus and making Jesus a big deal. Because, come on, guys, Jesus is who saves us and rescues us. And, and the Holy Spirit loves to glorify and point to Jesus. And so when the Holy Spirit moves, it, it just becomes about Jesus. He's, he's just trying to get people to see who Jesus is because we are in desperate need of this man named Jesus Christ. And so when the Holy Spirit's moving, he's like, you all need to see him and look to him. And when you see the Spirit of God moving around the earth, you're seeing people coming back to him and coming to him in a, in a fresh and real way because that is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's making this thing about Jesus. We are in the age of the church, right? When Jesus, when he went back up to heaven, he sends the Spirit. This is the age of the church. 
Christ is the head of the church, but the Holy Spirit is moving. He's glorifying Christ. He's bringing unity. He's bringing worship. He's bringing love. When you find a church that's love and unified and at peace, you will see the Holy Spirit at work. Can we just give God a few seconds of praise because you guys are doing a great job as leaders. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of unity. There's a lot of care. After three years, we haven't murdered each other. Come on, somebody. Like, like we're, we do care, and we're here for these streets. Amen? And when we say, Holy Spirit, come on us and empower us, we can be empowered to be a witness. Come on, we can pray for somebody. We can love on somebody. We can serve on somebody in Jesus' name and watch the Holy Spirit turn the hardest of hearts. Sometimes big doors swing on small hinges. And when we serve God and we love people, God will do the rest. Right? We, we share and we witness. The Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting. He does the convincing and the convicting, and that's his job. Our job is to love and serve, and he'll do the transforming. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us real quick, and we'll, we'll wrap up today. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I hope that this teaching was able to translate well, uh, that we've learned today, that we've grown. Uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you in our lives. We want you. We want you to transform us. We do want to be more like Jesus. We, we want to be better witnesses, God. We want to love you more faithfully. Lord, our whole generation, we just need a fresh revelation of faithfulness. And God, give that to us. Lord, change our hearts. Uh, Lord, convict us of sin. Convince us of our need for Jesus. We are people in real need of Jesus. And, and, and Holy Spirit, move in our midst. Glorify Christ. Uh, God, we, we want everything that you want to bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. Uh, we hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and